Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Hey, I've made it through Rona. I'm back. I'm in one piece. I didn't die, uh, but I, it's not recommended. One star. Uh, I, I don't really want to do it again. Uh, in the studio today is my probably my best friend, Eric. Say Aww. hi. Hi. Eric Holm. It's with a K. Get that right. Not Eric with a C. Eric, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, 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 good. So uh, Eric is a little bit younger than me. I've known him since he was, I think, 16. Uh, no, 17. 18. No. Yeah. No. No, I think it was 17. Okay, I don't know. When did you start gonna... up on the hill? Uh, don't lie. 18. It's right after high school. I thought it was eight. I thought it was 17. No, it was right after high school. Liar! Okay, anyway, so it was, I've known him since he was 18. Oh, I'm 17 years older than you, so you're right. It yes. was, it, you were 18. It has to be. Don't math at me. Okay, whatever. So Eric <laughs> was, <laughs> Eric, Eric was a high school student we hired up on the hill at OHSU. Uh, and he was brought on as a CAD monkey. And Basically, so you, yes. you've been doing CAD for a long for time. For how long now? Oh. How old are you today or yesterday? Yesterday I turned 45. You're old as shit, man. I know. I'm, you really are, dude. My body reminds me every morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I took two years of, of CAD in Kay. high school. All right. Uh, when I was originally hired on at the Hill. Um, they didn't know that I actually did CAD. It never really came up. I didn't know that. No, I was hired on just because no, you were a student. I was worker. a student temp. I was hired on to just file paperwork, mm-hmm. answer the phone, like for the, the the bypass, the fire alarm bypass logs in the morning. Right. Go over to the computer, set that stuff all up, and I just let it slip one day that I. Also, oh, because when I got there, you were already there. Mm-hmm. You were you were hired before I got. Yeah, I started uh, September of t- nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, so you were there uh, really a year before I was there. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because I was there in 98. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so you were just like already a fixture when I showed up. Right. So I was kind of the the pet. Yes, yeah, so I'd say you were the pet. <laughs> of the uh, instrument shop. Of the EMC. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you were working out of the physical yeah, plant. Yeah, I started at the physical EMC. plant yeah. and then moved over to the EMC nice. February, right after I started. And so the EMC is where we make the steam. That's the... The boiler plant. The boiler room. All the boiler With monsters. Jerry. God. The screaming Mimi. <laughs> God. Ron, Ron, Ron still works there. Does Ron he? Metz still works there. And oh I God. think he has PTSD from it, man, because he's like, whole. Oh. I was like, how's it going? You know, how is it with Jerry? He's like, oh. <laughs> His eyes get real big. But anyway, uh, so you were, so I, I met you while we were working there. Yeah. I, so at that point, I'd already let it slip that I, I ran CAD. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Tom, he was the guy that yeah. hired me. He, uh, Tom Ashford. Tom Ashford. He says, uh, oh, well, I've got a little project for you then. And it was some, they were having some weird anomaly mm-hmm. with the uh, the compass on the helicopters. I remember in, that. Land, land on the, on the helipad spot, spot too. Yeah. when the heat trace was on mm-hmm. to try and keep the ice off their their gyro, just the, their whatever. <laughs> the gyro compass the, would spin. It would just go nuts. <laughs> and then they were like, we don't, we don't want to land here anymore. <laughs> You fix your stuff. 
So it was and my... This is, and this is life flight, because we're a level right, one Right, life flight. So uh, Tom sends me out on the helipad with a compass, and I had to do little grid points and then plot them all out on a, no kidding. a map of the thing, and I, I threw it all in CAD, and I don't know, somehow he magically figured out what the problem was. Cause yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, he was. He very, was freaking brilliant. Very smart guy. Yeah, he was. A, you know, he'd gone to school to be electronic, an electronic technologist. I think was the term. Yeah. And so he had this, like, innate ability to build circuits, like from mm-hmm. from his head. Yeah, he would put stuff together he would in put his stuff head. Together. He was brilliant. He wouldn't even write it out on paper. No, and he would just build it. Just build it. I come in the instrument shop, and he would the one in Crowet, and he mm-hmm. would be like building something. I'm like, what's that? He goes. Okay, well, this guy's got this little thing that spins, and like this will like tell me when it. What the, I was like, I spent nine years in the goddamn navy, I can't do any of this. Right. And he's like, oh, you're interrupting me and stuff. You need to leave so like, <laughs> I can finish this. You're like a lot of energy. Okay, he wasn't that neurotic, but <laughs> oh, he was neurotic. He was actually he was very he was very good, very brilliant guy though. Oh, unbelievably brilliant. I miss him. I I, yeah. I I I miss him as a as a as a work partner because he was my stability and my rock mm-hmm. when and he didn't know fire when he got kind of thrust into it he right. was an instrument shop tech yeah and uh so you had to learn so he learned what i knew and i learned what what he what he could teach me mm-hmm. and together we stumbled stumble bunny through it right and then but he became the guy who taught me like to stop and draw out a circuit and right. think about it and he was the guy i'd call when i was vapor locked on something yeah and then he would call me when he was vapor locked on something. Absolutely. Between him and Parker, there was nothing we couldn't do. Mike Parker, by the way, was a, he was a JLE at the time, and then we all became LEAs. And uh, Mike Parker was the pianist and keyboardist for the Hudson Brothers. So if you look up the Hudson Brothers, which was a band, he was in that rock band. Wild. And yeah. I knew, I knew he did music guy. stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I never knew the name of the band. He he was in the Hudson Brothers, and if wow. you he came and played on our piano in our house, we had the upright grand, mm-hmm. and I didn't know he could make music mm-hmm. like that. Wow, he was jaw droppingly good. He was jaw droppingly good. Like I mean, I just was stunned. I'm sorry, I never got to see it. Oh my god! And he put he could play. Uh, he played organ as what his, his fame he was really good at the organ that was wow. like what he really liked but yeah. he would you know but he was also a pianist mm-hmm. uh, and he and I'm talking like he could play Jerry Lee Lewis stuff matter of fact he got he got screamed at <laughs> he got screamed at by Living Newton John because they were on a set and her piano was what he played on and he reached up with his foot and hit the keys on one end oh. of the, of the Oopsies. <laughs> and she, she lost her for shizzle, man. She blew They're her both stack. dead now, so I can say that. Yeah, well. She lost she lost her shit on him and freaking screamed <laughs> at him when they came off set. Wow. So he says, my my only time I ever met Olivia Newton-John was she was like she chasing was him with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so long story short, since it was already kind of long, that was my kickoff into mm-hmm. like professional CAD, yeah. if you will. And uh I have literally been doing it ever since. So uh, I've seen your work. I mean, because you drew our stuff. Like I, I was the only person up yeah. there for almost a, well, I basically think about a, a decade. decade. Yeah. Uh, between 1997 and 2007, mm-hmm. the only person running CAD in the utilities group. Yeah. And I was doing it all. I was doing fire alarm. I was doing yeah. electrical distribution. One lines. One lines. Uh, 
I, I even maintained some of the PGE one lines for mm -hmm. the campus that we had ownership of. I don't know why, because now that I work for PGE, it's like... It doesn't make any sense, does it? Why would we do that? <laughs> I didn't make any sense to me then think, either. I don't think PGE <laughs> actually released the drawings. We I just got my hands on a copy of the drawings and nice. ran off with them. Well played. But uh, yeah, I did the steam distribution, the condensate return, all mm -hmm. the cold water distribution, all, you know. And then I was I spent the last couple of years punching tubes for the... Boiler for the guys. big chillers. Yeah. Yeah, because they have some pretty big chillers. And yeah, you were punching tubes for that on I, the summertime. I had an epiphany. Uh, we just did our lotto uh, mm -hmm. safety training, lockout, tag out. Well, you should tell people who you work for now. I, I, I work for Portland General Electric. What? Yeah. Big timer. So we did our, our annual plant training, mm -hmm. um, safety training. We're going through the lockout, tag out stuff. And I was like, I remember crawling into... <laughs> The back end of that chiller <laughs> with the bulkhead removed, but I had to crawl through the fan blades, and I never verified that the thing was even locked out. Yeah. I'm sure it was. Though. I'm glad it didn't salad shooter me all over the backside <clears throat> of the building. Be, that would be unfortunate. It would. But well, then you wouldn't be here. But I wouldn't be slices here. of you would be here. I was just, I, I had that thought, and I was like, because I had no concept of, of that. That wasn't even a part of training back 20 years ago. Yeah, it was I mean, maybe bizarre. it was, but I never went through it. Well, remember those guys would, 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 would lock those things out and then take them all apart. Right. So but I never verified that it was locked out. No, I know. I, I climbed know. in through the fans, in, th in through the fan blades into the machine, and I never verified that it actually was locked out. What blew me away was when Kurt said after after you punched all the tubes, they'd never had that efficiency out of those things before because you are so ADD, you punched every single tube. That was what. I, that's that was my job. <clears throat> yeah. And I even remember Terry telling me he goes, "Oh, well, I, I I remember telling Terry." Uh, it's like every time I, I punch a tube, like every third tube comes out just mud. Yeah. He's like, that's because that was the tube that the last guy skipped. Exactly. Because <laughs> there's a lot of tubes. And so what we're talking about, kids, is a chiller uses these tubes to put the water through. And then, you know, they, they evaporate the gas out so that it cools that water right. off when we use that chill water all over the, all over the hill. Yep. And these things are not small. No, they're, they're big. huge. That main chiller floor, main chiller yeah. plant, those machines, the tubes themselves are 40 feet long an inch and a half in diameter, and there's two units, and each one had 1,550 tubes. Yeah, see, I could see where people would skip that. And I did every you single did? one. You that did. was a wet job. I enjoyed work. <laughs> I, I tell you what, Eric, I always enjoyed working with you. And and I think that I know a lot of people got, you know, upset because you were young and, you know, things would happen. Right. And you'd, you'd pop up to go see what was going on. Uh, but I really did enjoy working with you. I thought you really knew your stuff, and I thought it was, it you know, the, the end was not nearly as fun like you never became a permanent employee which sucked right I, I felt like they kind of jerked I around felt like you kind of had a rug pulled out from underneath yeah you. yep but exactly but you know, that's the way it goes and that's the way it goes and then I'm, you, I'm better you for stumbled it into a much better gig yeah I'm much better for it now yeah. so. and you've got a nice nice work environment you yep, absolutely you've, you've got a great employer I know that you know and so and you'd say PG is good to work for absolutely um, they treat you well they treat me very well they pay you well the pay is very good big time uh, Benefits like everywhere, yeah. they've been kind of rolling those back. They used to be like outstanding, but mm -hmm. you know, they're not what they used to be. Yeah, but it's, it's still but it's still pretty it's good. paying the bills. It's better than most places, I would imagine. Yeah, but I'm I live comfortably. Um, I don't have to scrounge for money anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> those days are behind me. I mean, at forty five, they should be. In theory, <laughs> I'm, it's not for a lot breath. of people, but. Uh, you know, I've, I feel like I'm in a, a really good spot. So, so now tell people, uh, 
you know, besides CAD, if you, I'm sure everybody knows what CAD is, but right. explain to them like what you do for PGE for CAD. I mean, without going into the classified shit, because there's a lot of stuff that PGE handles right now. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, you know, as a as a as a precursor, with uh, after 9/11, the a lot of the utilities and and uh, switch gears and things like that have become pretty much proprietary or right. classified. Classified, items. yeah, it's all that critical infrastructure. Yeah. I don't want to talk about any of that crap. No, no, and I won't go into any of those details. I know, but, where, I know where the borders are. Yeah, but <laughs> but do tell the the you know the the listeners like you've been to Trojan, you've seen you've seen the the spent yeah. pool fuel at Trojan, you've seen the. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's you've seen part some cool of, stuff. That's part of my purview. Plant. Yeah, tell tell people so, what you what you what how how you do what you do. Basically, with CAD, it's just it's computer aided drafting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's lines, circles, and text. But I mean, tell the them what you do when you go so out in the field I, and do your stuff. Yeah. So when I go out in the field, uh, I I work with designers and engineers okay. uh, directly on projects. Um, every two years. A certain set of plants will go offline. They'll take them off. Uh, they shut them down. Then there's project time. We call that outage season. Mm -hmm. The hydros are usually running really, 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 really hard in the spring when water flow is really high. So okay. then we take the thermal assets offline. And then so these projects. Oh, so are, thermal assets are like like oil and, and yeah, gas burning so, boilers and stuff. Uh, natural gas. Uh, though that's actually because we took. You took the we coal took place. the Boardman coal plant offline mm -hmm. back in. Uh, I don't think people even knew we October had one. Of 2020. Um, we did. They actually just blew the thing up, tore it down. The, the stack came down and everything. Oh, uh, really? There's a video on YouTube. It's pretty cool. I wanted to go out there and watch it in person, but it yeah. was really, really tightly controlled. So, so for but, the listeners, there was a, a in Boardman, Oregon, is a uh, coal was a coal fire plant. It was the last PGE coal fire plant that they had. They would bring in train loads. The last of, one in Oregon. In Oregon. They yeah. would bring in train loads of coal, mm -hmm. flip the whole car upside down and yep. empty the coal. Yep. That was pretty cool. I saw that. Burn it, take the coal ash and do something with it. Yep. I don't know, maybe make sidewalks out of it or something. And uh, then, yeah, so a 600 <laughs> megawatt generating facility at mm -hmm. peak. Um, and they we collected all the fly ash and mm -hmm. there was an actual cement plant on site where oh, we cool. would take the, the fly ash uh, clean it up, and then they we had a contract with somebody I don't know that they would take all that fly ash away and use it to make concrete to make sidewalks, like you said, nice that kind of thing, driveways, big timers. So yeah, um, so then they have hydroelectric, and then hydro, gas. wind, and natural wind. gas. Um, Do you get to draw on those on those windmills too? Do you draw stuff for those guys too? Yeah. So the <clears throat> so I work in generation, which is. Okay. Um, the actual generating facilities. So okay. what I work on is the electrical drawings, mostly the electrical drawings. I've done a little bit of mechanical and very limited civil. Um, but I work on the electrical drawings for the systems inside the power plants to keep everything running. So you get a you get a lot of knowledge of how these things work besides yeah. just, oh, yeah. you don't, you're not just drawing boxes, you have to understand oh, yeah. what is happening. I have to understand and I spot things that miss the designers and the engineers. Really? Like every now and then, I'll, well, I won't say all the time, but every now and then I'll, I'll spot something be like, uh, this doesn't work. Hmm. So I kick it back to them and they look it over and they're like, oh, good catch. Hmm. Like I get that, I don't know, fairly often. So <laughs> with, with all your experiences in this, and so there's, so you've done wind, wind, uh, coal, Natural gas, mm -hmm. hydroelectrics, because there's a lot of hydroelectric plants out there, right? There are, yeah. a lot of dams. The whole, the whole Clackamas River corridor, plus mm -hmm. we've got 
the two uh, Pelton and Round Butte on the Deschutes River over on the east side, okay. and uh, Sullivan down on the Willamette River. That's actually that that's our oldest generating asset. That's the one that's underneath in or in Oregon City. Yeah, it's on the Westland side, and it's actually just past the, the there's a paper mill there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, thirteen generations. Have you and have you toured these places in order to draw them? Mm-hmm. So lot. you have been in all of these places, just about. No kidding. Yeah. What is that like? What's it like to go underneath the falls? Kind of cool. Yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Um, so, well, <laughs> that's so go cool. Out, like, then they won't let us go out there anymore because the the walkway and the pier and all that whole pier structure out mm-hmm. there uh, from the old paper mill and lumber mill or whatever it was um, out past Sullivan is it's deteriorated to a point where they're afraid the whole thing's just going to collapse into the river. It's not our property. Um, so that's the old Smurfit mill yeah. on the Oregon City side. No, it's on. No. Well, it's whatever it is on the Westland side. Okay. And oh, so pit, that so that pier that goes out. The all front. that whole thing that goes out toward the falls. But okay. before they said you can't go out there anymore because we're afraid someone's going to fall through the floor. Into that the would river. be bad. Uh, that would be very bad. Um, I was able to go all the way out and stand right at the edge of the waterfall and just look right down. No kidding. Yeah, and then like turn and look and watch the water flowing away from me on the side, and it's just like this raging torrent. It was amazing. It's the it's the most powerful or biggest waterfalls other than Niagara, I think, in the United States or some nonsense like that. It's a. Oh, it's I a, don't know about that. It's a, it's a the Willamette it's Falls big. is bigger than people expect, and it was the first hydroelectric plant. The first, yeah, hydroelectric plant west of the Mississippi. That I yeah. know because Parker I, told me that. I got a peek at it at the falls uh, as we were driving down in your little car this evening. Oh, yeah. Know. Big timer. And, uh, yeah, it was it was raging. Blue There's a lot of water going over those falls right it's now. It's crazy. Because yeah. of all that, uh, all that snow, low-level snow we got, and then now it's melting because it's been 60 degrees for a week. <laughs> oh, you're making that up. But, um, so, the hydroelectric plant <clears throat> is... Underneath the falls, or just like on no, the no, 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 it's it? on the side. So okay. it's kind of like it's it's actually it's right right adjacent to the locks. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, the okay. old locks there. Um, that structure kind of makes one side of the locks. Okay, if you will. No kidding. So the water from the river kind of comes down. It diverts down that west side on the Westland side. It fills up in this kind of area, and then it runs through the turbines and dumps out the bottom of the the. Generator. How building. cool is that? So, and it's an old generator. I take it. It's not. It's not anything brand new. <laughs> well, uh, the first, first, I think, three. I don't know the history of it all that well. Mm-hmm. All I know is it started in 1896. Yeah. yeah the that's first. That's a long time. It ago. was the first high voltage transmission line west of the Mississippi River. It went 14 miles from Oregon City into downtown Portland to light the street lighting. So we had a mutual friend we worked with, Parker. We talked about him. Mm-hmm. He collected glass insulators. That was one of his shticks. Yes. And he said that the insulators that they had at that generating station were some of the rarest insulators. He's pretty really? sure they're at the bottom of the Willamette, a lot of them. Oh, probably. Because they chucked them in there. <laughs> but they were glass, obviously glass insulators, but they actually had a little oil oh. like a pool of Weird. oil they would fill up. They thought somehow that that was <laughs> like needed. And he goes, honestly, he goes, it was dumb, but then no one really realized right. it. Right. But he had been working in these fields all of his life, and he, he said, but those weird-looking insulators, he showed me what one looked like. He goes, they're, they're incredibly expensive. He goes, they're worth a lot. And he knew oh, a bet. lot about that kind of stuff. So he was the one that told me about the west of the Mississippi and right. the most powerful falls. It all came from Parker. Well, I'm not one to go <laughs> trudge around in the bottom of the river looking for those things. But. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what, you're going to find a lot of stuff down there you don't think is there. So you so you visit all these places and then you you take measurements and 
Uh, if I'm doing the, the leg work, I'm going out. Some, I mean, there have been times where I'm kind of lead on a project, okay. um, especially recently. Um, I, my goal is to take a step up from just drafting and become more of a design Okay. Oh, person really? to work and interface directly with the engineers. I do somewhat currently, but in the effort to get myself to that point, I've taken lead on projects and kind of played the design role. No kidding. Yeah. And one of them actually was out at Sullivan. That was the very first one I ever did on my own. Uh, How cool is that? Small little thing. And it was, you know, I walked down and make my own red lines and then come back and draw come back and draw it up and draw it all up in CAD. <laughs> so uh how uh the only thing I could tell you that I knew of CAD, because I you were the one that taught me <clears throat> between you and Crombie, you taught me how to use CAD AutoCAD, AutoCAD Light. LT, yeah, yeah. Light. Like Mike's version. <laughs> Don't poke yourself in the eye with this. I could never start a drawing from scratch. A, a I, had, I had no idea how version. they worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the uh, the light version. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, if I had an existing drawing, I could easily add my magenta lines to them to mm -hmm. show what I had pulled where and what right. I had done. All that stuff went away, by the way. All of it, I'm which sure. is sad. But... Um, but that was it. That was my only experience with it. And I'd done that all the way up until probably, I think, Rev, I think 2000 or something like that. Something, yeah, I don't and then, remember. And then we basically, we would just do our layers and then anything else, anything that was serious went to you. Right. You know. Well, and that was in the days before dynamic blocks and that kind of thing. So, so what, so yeah, because what got, does that mean now? I ha I, so I, I can I can create a symbol. Blocks are just symbols. Okay. Um, it could be anything from a light switch to, well, a lot of smoke detectors. Mm -hmm. When I was doing the the um, floor plans mm -hmm. of the, all of, every floor of every building on that campus. Um, now I could create a smoke detector that has a, a symbol for a smoke detector that mm -hmm. has intelligence behind it. Okay. So I can put in what the address of that point is, mm -hmm. right? Instead of typing it up as a, just a, a dumb text tag next to a symbol, mm -hmm. now, it, that text tag can be embedded into the symbol. Okay. And, I mean, it's been like so that So then you now click for, on it, and it has oh, all its information that goes with it? Right, right. Oh, cool. And uh, now, so we're transitioning toward AutoCAD Electrical with um, SBS substation, or SDS substation design suite, something mm -hmm. or other like that. I've been in a weekly training. Finally got it to work because my computer would not take AutoCAD Electrical for some reason. And I'm like, you think of all the people that needed to have the actual software working, it would be me. No, I would think the only one that didn't that have it be. working, and so I just had to sit there and watch along on screen on Teams. <laughs> now I'm finally able to do things now, and uh, but then, of course, workload. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard to shift gears and get into doing some of that stuff. But uh, there's a whole lot more intelligence in behind that program where you can now start creating entire frameworks if you will of electrical circuits to me. mansplain it to you <laughs> okay so there's this thing called a computer <laughs> that is a deep mansplation so uh, i don't mansplain a lot so i'm not even sure where to start anyway um, <coughs> excuse me so all the lines have intelligence to them every connection point has intelligence to hmm. it all the devices have intelligence a lot of intelligence behind them and when you build a circuit on in this software, all that intelligence creates a database in the background. Got it. And so you can get to a point where you have, you know, your wiring and your schematics, and if you change something in the wiring, it knows 
how to update that and show it accurately in the schematics. So basically, versa. it's like a, it's like a, uh, <clears throat> I want to say a virtual drawing. But that's the wrong word, but it's it's like once it creates this database, then all you're doing is changing out the parts that are truly being changed mm -hmm. out, and yeah. then all their properties get changed out with it. Correct. And then, so the it's a living document is what I'm trying to say. Basically, yes. Instead of a flat. It's pretty cool. It sounds it's cool. It's very complicated. Uh, sounds complicated. It's got quite a learning curve, mm -hmm. uh, and and especially for me now that I think, yeah, beginning of December is when I finally got the software, so uh, pretty steep learning curve. Wow. <laughs> but it's huh. it's cool. So um, we've, we had a, a product that we had, so <clears throat> one of my students started, well, two of my students started their own companies. Mm -hmm. And one of them in particular, Dakota uh, Farmer, we had on the show, and I said, so how do you do your drawings? Do you, you know, you send them out? Do you go to, you know, because when I was a, you know, a contractor weasel, I'd use, you know, DTS or, or whoever yeah. I needed to in town to do my drawings for me. And then they would, um, you know, throw their, their nice at three on it or whatever. Right. But, uh, <clears throat> or four. But he, um, he goes, no, 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 we use this other product and it's, and it's basically like we we're talking about. So there's a fire alarm product out there. <laughs> where you can pull in all these devices. So they keep a database of mm -hmm. all the different devices. And then when you go to do his drawings, he'll actually draw them, he'll pull them in. Right. And so if he's doing a simplex system, then he'll have all these simplex, it wasn't simplex, but Silent Night, they have all these components. Mm -hmm. They're all maintained on a database. As he draws them in there, it stores it on a cloud, so even if he loses his local copy, he can. Right. they can recreate it for him. This sounds like a very similar product. Uh, it is, and it's probably something that piggybacks on just you know your, your, your vanilla AutoCAD. I think I think you're exactly uh, it's right. Kind of the same thing. It, AutoCAD is, it's kind of a shell program, mm -hmm. and it's a very powerful tool on its own. But then there's AutoCAD Electrical, uh, which is kind of a framework that fits around. It'll use the AutoCAD shell, but then it has all these additional tools. This sounds very similar to that. It, it was a product that we even had the the guy who wrote the product and mar marketed it and his son. We mm -hmm. had him on here and he showed he showed us right. the idea behind it. It was brilliant, mm -hmm. and a lot of people wound up using that product because it it had, was dynamic. It was simple. Yeah. And so you come up and say, "I'm going to you know get a subscription to your product." And okay, I want a you know notifier, and then they'll put all they'll populate all that stuff for you. And the guy keeps up with it and it does all the calculations. So if you drop. Oh yeah, you know, NAC out there, NAC appliances mm -hmm. out there. It'll calculate all that and tell you what your what your calcs are and do them all for you oh, and, yeah. and get it in a submittal package so that it's done. That's what's nice about this uh, this <coughs> SPS software. Uh, it's designed more for substations, which is kind of outside of my purview mm -hmm. since I'm in generation. But it all it, it works basically the same way. But I mean, panel schedules. It'll do load calcs. That's you. crazy. So you can. Load up your, you know, as long as all of the, the data is put in there, it'll just calculate all your, your load values on all three phases and spits it out. Now, you don't have to have an engineer go through and math huh. it out for you. <laughs> you can kind of see the future as of, of where we're going in 20 years, right. what it's going to be. Well, and this technology has been out there for a long time. Exactly. I mean, I remember AutoCAD Electrical being a thing kind of as a, a rudimentary thing. Mm. 15 years ago, no, maybe true. even 20 years ago, but it's really now starting to come into the industry. Got it. Um, I know some of our contractors have used it because mm -hmm. before I had any real knowledge about how the AutoCAD electrical framework worked, 
I'd get drawings from outside contractors that were done in AutoCAD Electrical, and I'm viewing them in vanilla AutoCAD, and there's all this this weird stuff, and I'm like, what is this? And I just delete it, and then all of the numbers on all of the things just went away. I'm like, oh, maybe that was a bad idea. <laughs> We talked about the the uh, because PGE is such an important utility that the backups that are required, you know, and your your company has a a, a great IT service that oh, yeah. backs everything up on a real regular basis. Yes. And in a in a redundancy, Very, I want to go in yeah. how redundant it is. But then <clears throat> Eric is sharing this with me because uh, Clackamas Community College or during this last ICE event, mm -hmm. and and one of the reasons we haven't put on any any podcasts in a while is not. Not because I don't love you, but uh, I've been sick, uh, Rona. I, I already told everybody that. Then we had the ice storm from hell, uh, ice apocalypse. 20, uh, it wasn't, 2024. It wasn't as bad as 2021. It wasn't as bad as 2021, but it sucked. Um, and uh, then. Um, and we had to, you know, put one of our dogs down. It's a, it's a, it's you've, a, you've had a rough year I, we've, so yeah, far. It's, it's one star so far. Mm -hmm. But now we're in February. Better better month. Better month, you know. It's uh, the shortest of the months. Thank God. So um, what, what could go wrong? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. But uh, but the uh, the whole, uh, uh, you know, the whole infrastructure system uh, the whole computer system at, at Clackamas got hacked into. Mm -hmm. And like I don't know. A, it was like some kind of a ransomware or yeah, something. I, th I think it was a malware there ransomware was, there type was, thing. There was speculation that it was hackers out of Russia or Well, the, 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 they when they picked it up and and figured out what was going on, they tracked the IP back to Russia. But it doesn't right. mean that it was Russian hackers. No. It I mean, been with VPNs, going, it could have yeah, come from you anywhere. Could, you could go through Could have been from a guy just sitting out there in the parking lot. It was probably somebody in the parking lot. Who knows? Bastards. So <laughs> they so uh, the <laughs> IT people realized what was going on. They, they made all the right steps, called all the right um, people out to handle it. Yeah. And uh, they didn't talk about it much, but one of the one of the students has an online blog and he was able to get a lot of information right. that up quickly to tell us what was going on because the university was trying to protect themselves. And, and I'm not, or the college was trying to protect themselves. Right, you don't want to just announce that. No, no, because no. Because it looks bad. It looks bad. There's a whole PR element to But involved. I gotta tell you, uh, I was I was very <clears throat> impressed. They got they got Moodle back, which is our, and it was it was all complete. There was right. nothing taken. Uh, they got their payroll back. They got their student financial services back. They yep. got their internet back there. But, but part of their access control was on that, so it went yep. away for a while. Mm -hmm. But they were able to restore it all in really short order. Right. Uh, I know for a fact that when that happened to JCI, that was not they were not that lucky. Like when they got into JCI, it ate them. Yeah. And and it it affected their 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 distribution. It affected their 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 uh, uh, tech support. It affected everything. Right. And it's a huge hit. Now JCI is not a small company, so you know the <clears> hit <throat> that they took was major. And it affected all of us down the line as people who use their product. Right. So I'm excited to know that, you know, PGE, which obviously, you know. Well, see, yeah, that was the thing. So I think you sent me a link to the that blog article. I sure or did. Whatever it was. And that was I on, said, hey, check this on out. Monday afternoon. <laughs> and I, I read it right after I logged off from work. Uh -huh. I'm still working from home and I love it. I don't really like going downtown for any You don't have to punch a clock downtown. I don't anymore. have to fight other drivers on the road just to get to work and back. Uh, but anyway, you had messaged that to me, and I read it right after I'd logged off, and it, it was basically saying that Clackamas Community College, their entire network was down, and they were going to be basically suspending classes until, Which they did. until Wednesday. Yeah. Well, P 
PGE has a partnership with Clackamas Community College for our training. And my training was that next day. And I'm like, oh, well, I never heard anything about this through work. So I, I messaged my boss and I'm like, so this happened. Mm -hmm. Does that mean our training is suspended tomorrow because they're not going to be open till Wednesday? And he goes, oh, yeah, I read about that. I need to I need to look into it. So mm -hmm. about 30 minutes later, he messaged me back and he said, oh, no, our network's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Our training's still going. So when I walk in Tuesday morning, I walk into the Wilsonville Training Center and, you know, they've got those those vertical screens, TV screens that have where all the classrooms are, like this class in this room, that class in that room. I walk in and it's black. I'm like... Oh, oh, oh. It's a little post-it note. That's not good. Normal announcements here. And I'm like, um, okay, well, where am I supposed to go? Find out, okay, I'm in room, I'm second floor, whatever, down on the end. So I go in there, and yeah, our network's working just fine. I just log in, everything. So the PGE's network, I think, kind of piggybacks on the, uh, I'm not sure how it works, but yeah, with either. with the Clackamas Community College, but it's a completely different set of servers and everything but it all runs together through the same whatever. I don't know. We were either, unaffected. Either way. We were unaffected. Yeah, you were. And, it, and, and, it's, and for good, you know. So most of my students that have taken specialized controls, when we do the lab, uh, when we do the labs when we solder all those boards, we uh, do that back in PGE's area. There's two classrooms back yeah. in the back. Well, there's actually three for them, and mm -hmm. they have their labs. But they always have, like, their... You know, like they'll have a big piece of some sort of electrical thing. Yeah. <laughs> there you can looks like Frankenstein. There's a giant transformer that they have in there. It's actually the only one, I think, this side of the Mississippi River. No kidding. I think it's this this side of the U.S. Yeah, wow. we have we have training. Uh, we have utilities from all across the entire U.S. that come in just specifically to use that piece of equipment. I could see that because even in the back outside of the building, there's a whole area in the yeah. back that's that PGE uses we've to got, train with. Yeah, we've got a training yard out there that's like for the linemen. They've got poles mm -hmm. up with wires and that's all that so stuff. That's so cool, and, Yeah. You can, you know, I, I got to tell you that when I lived in Colton on the end of Elwood and uh, in same thing in Oregon City that you know, it doesn't matter how crappy the weather is. You know, light's going to go out, power's going to go out. Oh, yeah, those guys, so those, out. those linemen out there in the worst, in the worst conditions, yep. in the worst conditions, putting stuff back together again. Yep. And so while the while the power's out, even if their own family has no power, they're out, they're there, out there putting it all back together. Stuff the, back up. And it takes a while because it's it a does. big infrastructure. Well, hit. I mean, a lot of people don't understand. They can't just... Oh, okay, the lights went out. We'll just flip the switch and turn them back on for you. No, no, the lights mm -hmm. went out for a very good reason. Yeah, they like do. something happened. You either you either have a, a tree branch that came down on a wire and pulled it down to the ground, or somebody hit a pole and sheared it off, yeah. and it's laying in the street, or whatever. You know, it could be a million things. They can't just turn that back on. They actually have to start at the substation and check every wire and every connection down that entire circuit all That's the way up crazy. to the end and clear it find the tree branches find the snapped off poles mm -hmm. clear the, the tree branches get the wire strung back up set a new pole string up the new wire and this is why it takes hours sometimes days, days yeah. because when you're talking those rural customers that are you know 25 miles out yeah. a line a feeder line that goes just snakes its way up into the woods that's a lot of wire you got to well, check. There was a crew, when I lived in, in Colton, there was a crew that basically handled 
and we it was the same crew. You you saw them all the time. Oh yeah. And and like what Elwood it would always have something fall on it because it was mm-hmm. just nothing but it was like someone took a lawnmower through the trees and then put a <laughs> honest to God. And uh, you, you know, you you would see the same kind of crews. I only yeah. lived out there for two years. That was enough for me. And uh, yeah. you know, it, it was you know we had to have a generator. You, you were there. pretty far out there. It was yeah, it was the end of the world. You were out at a thousand feet. So anytime there was any like mention of snow in the forecast, you got a lot. A lot, and then um, there was nothing behind my back fence for forty miles except Crater Lake. That's all, how all that, the way up to there Mount was Hood. bear, and there <laughs> were like moose and things. And there's no moose. Big cats. Elk or elk. Elk yeah, home. cats. There yeah, we. Uh, yeah, there were cats. Oh yeah, it's not fun. I remember that one time I came out to your place. And that and was when we were in Estacada. Okay. Well, remember I was, walk- I was you... walking back out to my car, and it sounded like a woman screaming <laughs> in the woods. And I ran <sighs> back in your house. I'm like, someone's being attacked, dude. And you're like, dude, just just calm down. And that was a bobcat. That wasn't even a mountain lion. It was, was scary as hell, is what it was. Yeah, I I heard it, and <laughs> it was like it made it it when a when that thing went off, it put chills down my. Spine. I had never heard anything like that, and I was walking. In the dark, because it was dark as hell out there, from your house out to my car, which was like a quarter mile walk through the woods and then the mud. (laughs) And I'm like almost back to my car. And I I literally, it sounded like someone was dragging a woman into the woods and she was screaming on top of her lungs. It was scary bad. I was like, that does not sound We were down in that valley on a set of horses Mm -hmm. when we had those two quarter horses, Cyan sneakers. And... And I had Otis, the, the German Shepherd, before Diesel hair. Diesel's predecessor. And, yeah, the Diesel's our dog that's laying at my feet here. So uh, Otis, so we were just down in this valley, which was a, a valley that was kind of a privately owned area. We were riding our horses down there, and both horses stopped. I mean, stopped, stopped, yep. just like right now. Yep. And Otis whimpered, as a German Shepherd's kind of apt to do, and <laughs> backed up, oh. and turned around and walked away, and then... You cried, better follow him. And then went back up to where we were at. And that's the indication from a German Shepherd that something is wrong. You need to turn around and follow the dog. And Jackie, <laughs> and Jackie, who's up on a much taller horse, well, a little bit shorter horse than me, but I was up on, on sneakers at the time. She goes, what is that, had, what is that had smell? You big horses. We did. And both both horses stopped and put kind of put their ears up. And I went, oh, well, there's, you know, that's an indication something's there. She goes, what's that smell? And so she's shorter she, than me, and, and lower. Be, and she, and so I, I honestly leaned off of of sneakers, uh, and I could I could pick it up, and I said that is a is that's a cat. That's a cat. That's a cat. That's a male cat. Time to go. And so <laughs> what had happened was a, a a male cougar had walked in front of the path right. where we were at, and I don't know how long if it had been thirty seconds or thirty minutes. I have no idea. But the smell, smell of a male it, it cat. Was probably not that long ago. And the fact that we could smell it meant that yeah. that he wanted us to smell it because cats don't make right. mistakes. They no. just don't in the woods like that. And and it we were thinking we should turn around. The horses were already ahead of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the horses were like, yeah, you can stay and smell the cat all you want. <laughs> but that's what they got. And I don't think they heard it as much as they smelled it. That's yeah. Oh my god. And but Otis was like, yeah, you, you gotta, we got, can we go now? Time you, to run. Time to run. <laughs> it was like 50 feet down the road, he'd come back. Because, you know, the shepherds will kind of go. He'd and come, come back and be like, why are you running yet? You're not going fast enough. <laughs> oh, my God, man. But, yeah, it's uh, – uh, I, I appreciate what PGE does. Like, I really, really do. We we made it through uh, – we have underground feeders in, in the, the neighborhood yeah. I live in. Um, but we made it through all the ice storms without any – Yeah. 
uh, loss of power, and then right after all that stuff ended, some knucklehead came down the oh, road, geez. smacked into the pole, oh, man. smacked into the pole right in front of us, and knocked it over. You know, which did free right. us, and and uh, that was, and the PG had to come out that day and fix it. So we literally had about six hours of, of loss of power time, and it and, was and where we're at, and it wasn't because it wasn't of the ice. It was because of a Chevy truck that smashed into a pole. I, I'm, I don't think he he was drunk or anything. He just maybe fell made asleep. An error. Or, Going it was too 2 fast. 30, 2.30 in the morning. So going I, too fast in those corners. That's a pretty... There's that's some sharp a, corners in Holcomb there. Holcomb is not an, a fun road. No. Like, like well, a beaver got hit there the other day. A beaver? A beaver. A beaver came out of Holcomb Creek and got hit. I didn't know we had beavers in Holcomb Creek. Well, I mean, like, it's We thought it was state. just a big cat thing. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was... That's the fattest possum I've ever seen. Look at the tail on that thing. But yeah, it's it's uh, anyway. I I just appreciate PGE and and all you've done. So, so you've seen, but you've got to go. Like, what was? Can you talk about Trojan? Is that classified or, or I really, confidential? Uh, I, I don't I, want you. I, I don't I want can you to talk about it. I mean, there. What was it like to go to go to the old Trojan plant and see stuff up there? It's kind of surreal. So Is like, it? just walking onto the campus, even though I have clearance to walk onto the campus, and it's very you're tightly, big time, very tightly controlled. Um, oh yeah, you think? I uh, I'm still escorted. With I'd escort you. You're by, scaring me. Well, I'm escorted by a guy with an AR-15. Well, I wouldn't use a weapon. To he doesn't point it at me. I don't often? give. I don't give him re reason to. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't. I, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. But um, you know, I work on documents that um, have to do with some very sensitive stuff out mm -hmm. there, and the computer that I work on is completely air gapped. So I won't really? go through the process of anything. You know, because I. I, I probably yeah, can't say no, it, don't. but all I know is that the very first time I went out there and I had everything running and I've got the drawing up on the screen, they've got the door locked behind me with the guy with the AR-15 standing there right at the door, sure. and he says, oh, by the way, actually the guy, the manager that I work with out there, he says, by the way, if that screen is turned on mm -hmm. and that door opens unexpectedly, duck under the table and cover your ears because it's going to get really loud no kidding. really fast. And no. I don't know if he was joking no. or there was probably an element of truth to that. I don't want to find out. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I was on, uh, I think I told you this story. I've, I've told it to a lot of students before. In uh, in 86, I was on a nuclear-powered cruiser, mm -hmm. the Truxton, and I'm getting my welcome aboard tour, and I'm in front of combat systems, which is also where you enter the missile house. Right. And there's this little tiny dark alleyway or corridor, and it had a little sign, little piece of rope on it, and a little sign that said "Deadly Force Authorized." Now I came off of an amphib, right? So, you know, it was an amphibious ship that carried Marines, and that's what we did. Mm -hmm. like, you know, we just carried Marines and we dropped them off, and they broke things and shot people, and that's, <laughs> then we picked them up again. And, you know, and it was it wasn't a really super. Uh, super high security kind of a boat. And so this is my first experience on a guided missile cruiser. And I've, I don't know anything about, you know, this. So so I look in the passageway, just to look in the passageway, not not to go in the passageway, because <laughs> it's obviously that's the plane there. Right. So I just happen to look at the guy back there and he's wearing his dungarees, he's got a 45. And I kind of, just kind of look towards the, the thing and he he you, you like barely he put an leans, eyeball around yeah, the corner. He leans forward and he puts his right hand on the on his we carried forty fives at the time. Yeah. And then I, I lean back and then he sits back. <laughs> he stands off of so it's like you know the like yeah. the cartoon like and I said, Yeah exactly here, and I went like it's like it's like a teeter totter. And I went I went I went and he leans forward <laughs> 
And then he says, back down. He does it like three times. And the guy who's escorting me, I said, hey, man, check this out. And I mean, I'm not, I'm literally like a foot and a half away from this thing. I said, I said, watch this. <laughs> you peek around the corner and he... The fourth time, the guy, the guy who's taking me around, he goes, look. Stop it. He's stopping. <laughs> he goes, he really will shoot you. And I said, oh, I have no doubt. This is not my first, you know, I mean, I am in the military. Like, don't worry, I'm, I'm not going to take it that far. I am in the military. I do know that we kill people here. But I, but uh, so I, you know, I just, I said, I was just trying to have fun with him. And he goes, this isn't funny. I said, okay, uh, everybody chill. It was funny to me. Uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, <laughs> I'm a second class. I know what I'm doing. So a couple of weeks later, I meet this guy the, because, yeah. because we're on the same duty section and, and he was on a PRP team, which handles that. And uh, he goes, he says, he was an ET and he goes, I, uh, electronic section. He goes, I said, oh man, you were the guy I was not watching. He goes, he goes, we don't know. We don't know if we're going to get challenged or not. And right. he says, so we have to act accordingly. And he goes, well, when you looked in the passageway, we assume it's a threat. You're not supposed to look in the passageway. And, and I said, so. I said, but I'm just looking <laughs> in the passageways. I don't care. And I said, so you would actually have to do. He goes, because he goes, when you the longer you're on this boat, the more you see how oh, yeah. serious we take this. You know, you'll get it. And he was not kidding. And that was because probably down into some nuclear area. That <clears throat> no, it goes it, 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 in the missile house on the Truxton yeah. could could carry. Right. Uh, as what we call as rocks, which are uh, nuclear depth charges yeah. or um, Y birds, which are SM1 or SM2, maybe uh, surface air uh, birds nuclear with nuclear tips. Yep. So we were authorized in that time to carry them. So any time authorized, no, no, but it, so anytime <laughs> a gunner's mate went in there, and this is a big chunk of the boat. Like, yeah, like, right. you know, when you first get on a ship, you don't know where the hell you're at. It takes you forever to figure out what's going on. And then a, the smaller the boat, the quicker you can figure out. Well, the Truxton was not a small boat. So you actually figure it out. You're like, okay, well, there's, this is where the reactors are because it's like this area. It says, don't stand here. You get irradiated. <laughs> and then this is where we carry the missiles. And this is where I sleep, which means all the missiles are pointed at my head. Well, that's a bummer. Well, then they decertified that those particular classes, the I think it was called Mark 76 uh, missile fire control system, they said, okay, we're not going to carry birds, nuke birds on here. So they declassified it. They, they decertified it for nukes, which right. was fine. And they were doing that throughout the Navy because these ships were going to be decommissioned anyway. And so when they did that, then they did away with the two-man rule because you could not go in the missile house without having another person there, period. Right. And so that guard is standing there at that door to allow two people to enter the missile house, two GMMs to go in there and do what their work is. And, th and they could just go in there and be painting. Who the hell knows? But they always have to be within sight of it. There's always rules because you have new, new stuff in there. And then when they decertified it, um, they took them, they, I guess they took the weapons off. You never know if you have them on or off. You, you, yeah. That's just not something you're ever told. And so, uh, but all of a sudden that all went away. And then I got a tour of it. And so the GMs are like, oh, wait, come on, I'll show you what it <laughs> we could never show anybody before. Right. But now you can see it. Now and you can. It was really, really impressive. Like, I got in there and I got to see. Matter of fact, I saw that more. I never saw the reactor. I never, there was two reactors. I never saw either reactor. I right. could see the porthole that, that you could, you know, look through the leaded glass and you might be able to see what's in there right but you couldn't i didn't have a tld so i couldn't even get within like 20 feet of that no and other than that it just looked like any other engine room it's just hot and yeah. it stinks and you know people look at you funny so i'm like oh, i'm gonna go upstairs where it's cool 
But yeah, that was it was really and it was really really cool. And they and the guy was like, oh yeah, this is how we do it. And the missile transfers between rings and put it on the thing. And they then they put it back down again. I was like, damn. Wow. And I said this would have been cool to see with the nukes. And he goes, nah. Oh, <laughs> he no. goes, no, no, <laughs> no. Puck he goes, it was a real 50. pain in the ass. And I was like, eh, I get it. So and it's the same thing here. You mm -hmm. know, there's stuff at, at you know, st people don't realize just how much goes into a plant and oh, yeah. what happens, you know, at the at the at the decommissioning of one and all right. of this stuff. And if you really want to know about all that stuff, uh, I'll say one word, Fukushima. <laughs> so yeah, you can look was... it all up if you want. You can see all the details on what happens, you know. That was the start of several <clears throat> very bad days. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you and I were cuz we were used to hang out every Thursday for yeah, we'd I'd go over to your what, place and 15 we'd, years? we'd hang out and drink beer and drink beer and play on play the radios. Radio and, and then when Fukushima went off, and I think it was about two weeks after, and yeah, we, we were out, out measuring radiation. We yeah, were. there was radioactive iodine falling in our rain, yeah. and uh, Shh, no one knew. Well, but it was it we was, measured it. I it mean, was pretty wild because remember we could your go down, out and, yeah, you took yeah, your Geiger counter yeah. and your downspouts were yeah. freaking hot. hot. We could measure. We could get some ionizing radiation. And, and I don't mean like concentrations. Hot. I just no, mean that no, thing was, was like. It was so strange, man. Because like, we thought. That's not supposed to be doing that. And when that thing blew, I went. I remember you and I were looking at it. And I went, I believe that would be what they call a. Hydrogen explosion. Meltdown. Yeah, yeah. When the zircon tubes are, are burning. That, that initial explosion that took the roof mm -hmm. off, that was basically a three mile island. Yeah. And then Bigger. It, and then it got worse than that. And then it. And then things got bad. <laughs> yes. But you know, the one of the things that happened there that people don't realize is that they had a 25-foot seawall and all their generators for the backup power that, that handled the circ pumps yep. were below sea level, which was a design flaw yep. that, that one of the engineers had really quit um, GE for that reason. Yep. They Everything was right. The tsunami hit. But what they didn't count on was the seawall itself, the whole ground dropping nine feet. Oh, yeah. And so oh, the that's... ground went down nine feet. The tsunami came over the top. End of game. The same, yeah, it was, it was the yeah. same reason like in the in a lot of those coastal towns, they had a 30-foot high seawall. Mm -hmm. And they had a 30-foot tsunami that comes yeah. in. But they didn't account for the fact that the, the ground dropped ground nine feet. Drop. Yeah. So now your 30-foot seawall is only 24 feet or 23 feet, whatever, above... Yeah. Above sea level now, and so now it's topping by. It's a bad day. Six feet. I was blown away by that. I, every time, every time I get down to the coast and I see those warning signs, I honestly think, yeah, you know how fast that happened. It's just like when Phuket hit. When it hit in Phuket, I've been in Phuket. When the, I've been yeah. in the the one that hit in Thailand, that I've hurricane. been in Phuket. I've been there. I remember when it hit. And I went. I was in that hotel lobby before I got into serious trouble. Right there, right where the where the uh, video shows the. Oh yeah, that was a through. tsunami. I thought it was a storm surge. <clears throat> no, it was a tsunami. Yeah, there was yeah, another yeah, tsunami in the I.O. and it and it came through and it took out Phuket, Thailand. And I'm like, oh my god. I mean, I you know this is a place I've actually been to. I've been to Thailand three times. So it's like, you know, but only Phuket once. Yeah, that's enough, honestly. But he's like, I'm, I'm like, it gives you a keen appreciation for oh, yeah. earthquakes and. An earthquake preparedness, which right. welcome to the Northwest. Yeah, we're, we're sitting not, on a we're sitting on a time, sitting bomb. On a time bomb of Osnaps. And remember when we climbed, like he, like Eric and I climbed together with a bunch of guys from OHSU onto onto Mount St. Helens. Yeah, that was a day. Oh, that's the longest the longest day. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I reverse swan dive down that cliffside. Yeah, Eric uh, that... Eric tried to chime down the mountain on his rib cage. That's not good. <laughs> we, 
Yeah. We were, uh, but we don't, went don't all the that. way to the top and looked over the edge, mm -hmm. and you could see, you know how, yeah, how just how small you really are yep. when you look over the edge of the caldera and look in, and you could hear the. Remember, you could hear the. Um, well, you could hear. You could hear glass breaking. It sounded like glass breaking, but we also we had a, a small earthquake while we were going up the side of the mountain in the morning, and I heard it. I didn't feel it. I heard it. It sounded like a sonic boom that came from Remember under you my saying feet. That I don't think I heard it because I it was, was just probably like, panting. Boom! Under the wow, ground. That was crazy. And I was like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah. It, it was, was the it whole looked, day was it was, was a small. I mean, was it was a, like a one point something small earthquake, but I heard it. But I remember that um, by the time, so young Eric, that's what we called him at the time, yeah. uh, was behind the rest of our party uh, for a variety of reasons and um, fell. And so, well, I, I made it to the summit with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the way, but on down, the way back down, we were. So doing, I was like, I'm, I'm going to hang out a little bit. You guys go yeah. ahead and go back down. Yeah, and I was walking down. I was just below the bouldering part and got kind of into the this big lava rock. Yeah, big, I don't um, know. Then it's seeing the trail going up is pretty easy mm -hmm. and it's well marked. But for some reason, coming back down, it's not quite as easy to follow. And remember, this was years ago. Yeah, so it was. This was in 2006. Yeah, thanks for remembering um, that. <laughs> I'm walking behind this couple. It just and I'm kind of it's soft. So I'm, I'm stepping where they're stepping. Yeah, we're gators, by the way. And I was like, all of a sudden they get to a point, they're like, like we could see the trail down below, down mm -hmm. the slope. And they just were like, oh, we're gonna go down to the trail. And they just barreled right on straight down. I'm like, I don't have the energy for that. So I'm gonna continue on this track, going down at an angle, and it's it'll gradually intersect with the trail mm -hmm. down mm -hmm. below. I got two steps and my feet just sank into the dirt, went out from underneath me, I went down on my left side, rolled over onto my stomach and tried to grab onto this boulder that was about the size of my torso. Mm -hmm. And I just felt my entire body rolling backwards off the side of the cliff with this boulder in my hands as I just, now I'm in free fall. I'm like, oh, oh God. shit. And for me, when things get crazy like that, time slows yeah, time, down. Yeah, isn't that, it's funny how I time goes immediately slow. Don't know why. Process of it's being hurt. so weird. Yeah. But, uh, Ooh, I remember you feel like, halfway ooh, through, I'm holding onto this boulder in my arms, free falling backwards. And I remember thinking, free falling. if, when I eventually hit the ground back there somewhere, <laughs> this boulder is going to crush me. It's going to hit my head. So I pushed it with my left arm, which rotated me toward the left. And I ended up landing on my scapula, cracked it, blew out three ribs in the front. Oh. Um, somehow spun around and was facing back down with one leg behind me, one leg in front of me. And I'm like, I'm still alive. I think you fell. The guys who, who they said it was about ten to fifteen. It was about feet. fifteen feet, is what the guy told yeah. me. So Eric and I were both ham radio operators. I get this call on my radio. Yeah. And you know, hey, K70SM, this is W70NK. Well, no, they no, said, this, it wasn't is, even this that. is Eric. It, Eric, you're Eric's what, friend, right? Right. So I, I had the radio in my pocket, and it it stayed on me. And I I remember just pulling it out when I could actually speak, because uh, you know, it knocked mm -hmm. the breath out of me. It took me a couple minutes, and this this guy came scrambling up to me, checking me, Are "You okay? Are you okay?" I'm like, "I think so." So I said, I handed him the radio. I just said, "Push that button and call for Mike." Yeah, call for Mike. Yeah. And I hear, and I hear this. Is there a Mike there? Are you? Is there a Eric's friend Mike there? K something and I went yeah 
this is K7ESM. And he goes, yeah, your friend just fell. And I was like, oh no. So I gave the yeah. water I had left to the to Terry's friend. Thanks, yeah. Doug, uh, or Don. And he, and I go back up. Yeah. And to me, and they're carrying you, kind of. Kind. I mean, I was walking. You were kind of walking. But they had were, like, but, yeah, that up over the shoulder and yep. helping me down the and hill. We and we worked. Four, you and I worked with one of those guys, or two of those guys, off. all the way down that mountain. Yep. Yeah, because we talked to Life Flight. We called out. I got a hold of a guy in Troutdale on my two meter. Right. He called number Par one, care paramedics. Paramedics, came. and they, they sent a team up, yep. and they were in the parking lot, and they were like, do you need a helicopter? I'm like, no, I'm walking. I'm conscious. I don't yeah. need a helicopter. Plus, we don't need the bill. Plus, I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> so then he's like, well, we can send a group up and they can put you on a stretcher and carry you out. And I'm like, no, I'm walking. And again, I don't want to pay for that. I didn't have insurance. I remember. Working for the hospital. Working because you're working as a temporary employee. A student at the employee. hospital yeah, for at, 10 for, years. Yes. And I never no, had insurance. No insurance. So. Weird. Anyway. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. well, There's a good way to put that. Four hours we Bat squeeze off. is another way to say that. Bat but squeeze. anyway. Four hours. We, you helped yeah. me walk off that mountain. We, we I've walked never been off back that since. Mountain. I don't like that. She and yeah, I don't We walked along. off that mountain, and then your friend came up and met us. And so, you know, together we were working. And then on the way there, the guy goes, hey. <laughs> the guy calls up on the radio. He's in the parking lot. He's a ham radio. Yeah. He goes, hey, we've lost an Indian. I'll never forget this. Oh, yeah. One of the guys we lost that an was Indian. climbing was, that day. Yeah. he. The, but the guy who was up at an ambulance and not, says. And not, we're not talking like Native Americans. No. So he says, no. He says, a, we, we, there's an Indian there. And I went, what? Yeah. Like, what? I mean, we were even somewhat politically correct in 2006, 2006 or whatever. 2006, we were like, like you can't what? Call no, that. From India. There's a yeah. guy from India lost. Don't leave the trailhead. Or don't leave the trail. Yeah. And we're right at the tree line. We're already past the tree line, so we're we're almost back to the parking lot. And I went. Yeah, and okay. he had followed that rock. <clears throat> yeah, like, exactly. Escarpment down too far exactly. off the trail. Too far off the trail because it wasn't marked. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, sure. I, if I see an Indian, I will <laughs> let you know. We're laughing about it because at this point, you know, the endorphins are really hitting you pretty good. Yeah. So we. We get about another fifty yards. It and was I, like and immediate. Sure as shit, I hear this. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you, thank you very nice. And I was like, "What the hell is that?" I said, "That's got to be the guy." And the guy goes, "Don't leave the trail. Don't leave the trail." And I'm like, "Screw you." So I walk right, honest to God, I must have walked a hundred. And I used to hunt, so I walked a hundred yards, not even that, yeah. hundred fifty feet, in through a thicket, and there was this big pile of trees. And you're saying it was like a big goddamn hedgerow. And this arm came out of it, <laughs> and I went, "Hey, you must be, you must be the lost must Indian, be the missing Indian guy." And he goes, "He goes, oh thank God!" And I pull him up, and he's like, "He's like, thank you." And I was like, "Sure." I said, "All we did was shake hands, brother." But he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "No, I heard you," and so you know, so I said, "Well, great." And then, and he literally ran up and and damn near carried you the rest yeah. of the way because we were like exhausted. Yeah, Jen and I were like, "We're." We need we need to just die now, and we <laughs> felt like shit. And you were the one that got hurt. And when we got to the uh, to the parking lot after that whole thing, right? Yep. I think I drank a gallon and a half of water. I don't think oh, I had yeah. been so thirsty in my life, man. Yeah. And we got we went into Cougar and bought like uh, a bag of everything they had to eat because yeah. <laughs> we were so bad. And then you went home and we and you went to the hospital and got. Treated. I went to urgent care the next yeah. morning and 
they were like, yeah, you kind of messed yourself up a little bit. Yeah, dude. That was a hell of a day. What happens a, when you do a reverse swan dive on a volcano and it, try and shut But it was a bonding ass. experience. Uh, it was. Because it was. we really we really have been. I mean, you were the best man at my wedding. I, mean, I was. That's I right. Mean, so, I mean, that's how that's how yeah. tight we've become. We've camped out and seen badgers out in, <laughs> in, the, you know, in, the, in the middle of central Oregon. And, we've heard and, weird <laughs> animal noises. Like, I can't even identify that out there. We used to sit out there and watch... Uh, Satellites go over. Watch those iridium yeah. satellites go overhead. And never there, did see a UFO. Sucks, drinking whatever. a pile of beers. Watching yeah, the when I was a drinker, man, yeah. we yeah, we I, took I, drinking to new heights. I went back through all my old photos and I saw the the pile of <laughs> beer bottles because we were drinking. They didn't cans weren't really a big thing for the microbrews. No. They were all in glass bottles, and there was like. 30 or 40 uh, bottles and I'm like we were only out there for two days we had a lot <laughs> we packed up went to go camping out there one time and I remember my ex looking in the truck going is there like a tent in there and I said yeah there's ham radios a beer and a dog yeah I think that was what was in the truck mm-hmm. and and then we successfully went out and drank it so yeah we did. I mean we definitely why eat when you can drink your calories why yeah and kids this is why mike's uh, out to haunt it yeah and <laughs> doesn't drink <laughs> alcohol anymore if i but, wasn't young and stupid i would have you know uh no, done things no, different it's, it is what it is but i i i love my life i i had a I, we had an excellent time we still have and we so, still do and we don't need the alcohol no no i never never really did i i don't need it at all but the uh now it's just mio and soda water but whatever yeah. that's my that's as hard as it gets for me. <laughs> so anyway, I appreciate you coming. Thank you for the invite. And uh, we've been talking about this for a while, and yeah. um, I've I've been interested in coming on here and just you know. And you've listened to the podcast. I have listened to the podcast. Uh, quite a few, not all of them. What? But, uh, I'm Get out! Still working on it. God damn it! I trusted <laughs> you. No, and and uh, Gage I, I, is I giving just me thought... eyeballs so <laughs> through the window too. <laughs> I thought I thought it would be I thought it would be good to have you. I mean, because you're a different trade, uh, it it doesn't. It's still something that that is a technical trade. And I know you yeah. went to college, and and I am certainly not an anti college person, but I know that that it's it's something that that I care about as a trade. Right. And you have been you have been gainfully employed mm-hmm. doing AutoCAD and doing drawing and now designing to some degree. To some degree. And you you know you know your ass when it comes to electrical stuff. You knew your ass when it came to fire stuff. You were you were an excellent fire monkey. I learned everything I know about fire from you, and I learned everything I know about electricity but I from thought, Paul. I thought I learned everything from you. No. Okay, well, yeah, Paul, <laughs> Paul, and Paul, our, our friend Paul, who's no longer with us, um, but yeah, Paul was a good, good instructor. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, uh, so, I would say that between ham radio, which we got kind of got into pretty much together, mm-hmm. um, radios, uh, the uh, electrical, CAD, fire alarm. It's kind of like the perfect niche. For it me. really has been, yeah. yeah. So. And then and then when we did drinking, I I, I got that shit <laughs> down, brother. I was good at that. Yeah, I was really good at that because it until was until you weren't, and then it it, it, it uh, wasn't right off the bat. No. Yeah, you're like as soon as as soon as the genie came out of the bottle, you're like, oh, this oh. one's probably wrong. I'm like, screw you, dude, it's on now. <laughs> but um, you know the the thing about the thing about my my alcoholism and and my issues, you know, even with the even with the kids, you were there with Ashley. I was there with you Ashley. Were there with Leanne. I was there with Leanne. It, yeah. You know, it, it, the 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 
every major snap moment in my life, you have been there. And I'm here with you for a couple of reasons. You've got your own, your own personal stuff going we all on. Have, we pretty... all have our own periodic dramas yeah, and all... whatnot. And, uh, we all hit the wall at some point. I feel privileged to have you in my life because Aww, you know, you're, you're like my sounding board for all this stuff. We, do, we, do, we don't see each other physically as much as we do we don't. We do the app because we, we have the Signal app, so we talk on that all the time. We think we talk on that all the I think every day, at least. Eh, close. Yeah. So at least we're at least chatting back. We're at least forth. chatting and seeing each other. Message. And this is probably the first time I've seen you in I don't know, two years. years. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Uh I don't even remember. Yeah, you had a bigger beard last time. I, guess, I don't know what I've this what is this? I've tamed it way down. I've tr ah. I keep it kind of short now. Do the goatee thing, dude. You know, I've done that a couple times. Just I don't know. It looks weird on my face. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure all this looks weird on my face. My face just looks weird in general. No. <laughs> <laughs> God, thanks for coming in. You gonna, you gonna, will you come back? Yeah, anytime. Hey, Let me know. We, now we've given the audience some of my, my, uh, you know, more, more <laughs> deals. This is the, this is the thing is you and I have this habit of cracking each other wide open. Usually. Yeah. Usually we're good at that. Yeah. So, so. well, as always, man, I really appreciate you coming in here. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.